Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Goes without saying, we're back again. Sefi and Wing are in the building, two separate buildings, recording another podcast episode just for you. I'm Wing, joined by the beautiful and amazing and incredible, spectacular ladies and gentlemen, her. Sefi, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, it's an assembly. Um, And today we, I think this is a great episode. We talk about romanticising your life and living like the main character and find lots of problems in that kind of narrative that we're being sold at the moment. I think it's pretty interesting and I think it's definitely got me questioning how much of my life is performance and how much of my life is authentically what I want and who really are we living for? Good question, hey? Let's get into it. Okay, if in this episode we sound like, I kind of sound like I'm only showing the left side of my face for some reason. Um, And I sound like I'm absolutely terrified of getting sort of dark circles under my eyes. (laughs) That is because we are filming this. There's cameras on us, loud and proud, big old lights, kind of full camera crew keeping up the Kardashians is happening. Literally. Quentin Tarantino came in. Um, So that's why the vibes are going to be here, there and everywhere in this episode. As usual, to be honest, it goes without saying. Um, You had a good message to give us, right? I did. And I texted it to myself. And it's quite a risky thing to text a screenshot of this to yourself. Because it, well, what if it didn't go to me? But it did. Thank fucking God for that. When you hear it, you'll know. They said that they wrote, so it's about, we're talking about romanticizing our lives. I don't know if we've said that yet. So they said they feel most romantic when the flirting that goes on just before sex with Tinder guys, defo not the act of sex, lol, that's always tragic. Which I loved. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, you're not sending, hi dad, message. (laughs) The act of flirting, (laughs) not the sex itself, that is always tragic. Sex is tragic, dad. My dad was like, are you okay? (laughs) Like, did somebody hurt you? Okay, yeah, so before sex is the most romantic time. Mm. I don't necessarily think with Tinder guys, although you are powerful in that moment. Well, romantic in a romantic life. But yeah, yeah, it's not you're in a romantic situation. It's when do you feel that yeah. that kind of sense of romance within yourself, I guess. Powerful moment. And that's when you're most desired, maybe. You're a hot commodity. And you know a Tinder boy is... I mean, in those moments before sex, he's kind of got a boner and your wish is his command. Like he would do anything for you. <laughs> It's kind of he's the fairy godmother. Yeah. Oh my, he's got a, a pretty pink dress. Hmm. <laughs> Chauffeur named Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and a tiny little tush. Uh, yeah. 
I love that it quickly, the demise kicks in as soon as the sex begins. It's like, oh no, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> Not as good as I thought. I think the idea of romanticising your life, though, is often about those moments where you feel desired or you feel wanted or you feel powerful. And that's, you go on a Tinder date and the guy is obsessed with you and you know it that is a romantic moment in your life. It's like, yeah, fuck it. It's not even about the guy. It's about how you feel within yourself. It's kind of that moment, you know, when someone's looking at you and you, you know, they're kind of like, the expression is like, oh shit. And you just know mm-hmm. they're in love. Yeah. They're desperado. Every man that's ever served me in a coffee shop, every man that's <laughs> ever walked past me on the street, any man that has ever, ever, ever seen me sitting alone in a cafe. But it's that look of like, oh God, oh fuck shit Mm -hmm. she's done it she's won me over it's my favorite that's the problem oh that mug has lipstick on i don't i do not want that in the frame this is the problem of having quentin tarantino in the studio (laughs) but that's the thing it's that it's those moments where you just you're seeing how stunning you are through somebody else's eyes and it's like oh okay i see i see what people were talking about the whole time yeah that also has the same ring to it like someone said they feel most romantic when they're like walking through a field naming the cows and it's like yeah they have the same energy a tinder guy being obsessed with you and walking through the field looking at the cows have nothing to do with each other but they give they have the potential to give you that feeling of i'm alive i am like um a like ethereal being in this world yeah so true well i love that this i feel like i was coming with a negative nancy <laughs> angle mm. Because, I mean, I love the vibe of main character, romanticise your... I love it in theory, but I think it's one of those things that in practice, it's like, romanticise your life. Okay, but who is your life romantic to? And actually, is it bringing you more pain? Is it actually, I'm making my life really romantic? Or is it just you're performing something and trying to fit into a mould of what you think is a desirable life or what you think makes you look good? Yeah. And actually, it's not a romantic life at all. It's more painful life. It's more and fake it's life. It's more forced life and it's completely performance yeah because you're performing for the invisible cameras your imagined audience and you're also therefore performing for the patriarchy the male gaze because you've just grown up believing that that that's who who the audience is or even if you're performing for other women you're still performing of who will be the prettiest girl for the men yeah really like how much is it for you you're performing kind of for for an algorithm it's like your coffee has to be the prettiest coffee we've seen your walk has to be the best walk you've ever gone on and i think actually sometimes romanticize your life isn't really about making your life more enjoyable it's about putting so much pressure on your life to look a certain way life isn't like that life's hard and it has those ugly moments and it doesn't fit into a nice instagrammable moment all the time yeah it's a tricky concept romanticize your life because i think it's really nice in theory but i actually think it's adding to this insane like comparison like rhetoric like social media moment everything has to be perfect for my dudley special special day day. (laughs) yeah it does and dudley special day turns out it's every day he's like getting last year last year every day last year i had 37 every day but last Year, last year I had 37 likes and now I have I have 20 likes or whatever everything is just um it's it's constant it's not just like um oh I can just be I can romanticize my life every Tuesday and Thursday and all the scrappy days I just won't do it it's like you then ha- because the illusion of social media and especially Instagram is that everyone's lives are perfect 
all the time mm. if you drop even for 20 minutes and have kind of a, a scrappy moment in your day we've got out the shower and you just feel like gross it's like oh well i failed i failed at the whole thing anyway that's the thing i think it actually just becomes yeah just more of a performance it's more romantic to live an authentic life it's, it's going to be more romantic to live a life that you get to enjoy yeah it's going to be more romantic to like be intentional and accept who you are and what you have and accept your moment and kind of just live in that moment fully rather than coming at your life, like viewing your life, yeah, through the angle of someone who's going to judge it out of 10 on kind of how nice the lighting was that day or in that moment. Who doesn't exist as well. That's the whole thing that we always say. Who doesn't exist. Who doesn't exist. I kind of had this realisation with, I had this moment in, like where I was just thinking about this and kind of the idea of um, what other people think of you doesn't matter. Like uh, people just say, uh, what other people, it doesn't matter, other people's opinions don't really matter. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. It's like, not only do they not matter, like if you were getting feedback of people saying, oh, I just think you're really stupid. I think you're really ugly, whatever. It wouldn't really matter. But also you never really know. Like you'll never know what 99.9% of people were thinking about you. So it really doesn't matter then. Mm. Like you are literally writing short stories as we were saying in the last episode. It's like you are creating opinions of you that don't exist. So whether they, people are actually thinking negative thoughts about you, which they probably are. Yeah. And they also probably aren't. Realistically, you're never going to hear any of it. Like you're, you don't have a review section of your life unfortunately we do have a slight review section on our lives but <laughs> leave us a review by the leave way leave us a review five stars on apple thank you very much nice. but you don't have a review button you don't have a critique at the end like oh you actually scored a b on that no you don't get that you will never know what people think if you're making the right decisions or wrong decisions you shouldn't have really worn your hair like that on tuesday you'll never know so you really really people's opinions don't matter like in a very real way they don't matter 100 percent. like i feel like that is it's the perfect point it's our it's our biggest mm. point of life i feel of like life we often mask our own inner monologue and our inner critic and we're just like oh society or like oh my friend would think or blah 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 it's like no you think that yeah the only one who's saying these horrible things Don't about lie. you is you yeah you're the bitch here you're awful you're being horrible to yourself you're a bully yeah no one said that you said that it was in your head and look what you allowed it to do look what you allowed it to turn into it's kind of shaped your, your whole life now is shaped by this fear of your own creation literally a phantom it's like it's not even mm. it's a ghost of like weird um sort of ideologies that you heard when you were a kid and it's like still getting you when you're 35 it's yeah. like don't pretend that it's oh i'm doing this for to appease the male gaze no you're doing it to appease your own internalized idea of what men want yeah like it's not about there are this group of men folded arms it's a panel it's simon cow going mm, not for me you're not going to boot camp it's not that there's no one there it's giving me a cabaret vibe yeah. he never said that to you <laughs> it's a bit of a karaoke singer no one's <laughs> saying that to, you. that to you louis walsh isn't there fucking sharon osborne's not sharon there. osborne <laughs> really stephen mohan he certainly isn't there <laughs> so don't no. worry about it like there's no panel judging your life it's literally just you and the people that are thinking about you you will never know simon cow's there but he didn't get a tv show he's like got no money he never invented the x factor simon cow will never know who you are because you never believed in yourself enough to go on x factor because you were too embarrassed because you yeah. already hated yourself too much to give yourself a chance literally Literally. I guess that's how we're kicking this off. We're saying, guys, we're one of those weird people that tell um, shit singers to go on the X Factor. Honestly, go on, guys. <laughs> You've got an amazing voice. <laughs> 
Okay, I so I've got two messages here from diff, like what different people have said. They came at a similar time and they're not similar, but I just thought they were good to kind of epitomize what we're going on about here. So one person said, life feels most romantic when I indulge in the Instagramable self-care and when it's most aesthetic. And the other person said, life feels most romantic when I'm looking out of the train window. I think you're thinking that I'm gonna say, see that one of the, the train window is just so much more like that's so pure, <laughs> that's so authentic. But no, I think, but I mean, love them, but and completely relate to them both not um coming for these people you're both <laughs> fucking wrong but i think both of them have that the vibe of life feels most romantic when life is a performance when you're mimicking what the romantic scene is in the film that you saw yeah exactly you're a music video you feel like the main character when you look like the main characters that you've seen in films and don't we know that the main characters that we see in films they're either men or they're pretty pretty women who are white who were skinny yeah and who have nothing about them it's bella swan you do not want to be the main character in a film you want to be your own main character that's maybe directed by yourself mm. right oh i was gonna say greta gerwig <laughs> you want to be the director the casting director the writer i was like i kind of want greta gerwig to direct <laughs> <laughs> but they're gonna throw in like kind of a crazy like i'm not looking for like a crazy like coming of it. i'm looking for just a beautiful peaceful life yeah of my own creation i would love some crazy like something that i want someone that knows what they're doing to have some of control well you had a plane crash <laughs> oh god absolutely not but i do want like timothy chalamet to come and confess his love to me on a hill that sounds pretty good yeah wouldn't complain yeah that sounds great in all of those moments where you're performing self-love essentially you're performing romance you're performing drama in your own life you're mimicking something that was made under the lens of this awful society that we have covered all the reasons why it is awful i'm sure but also somehow not even scratch the surface of why it's awful yeah you're mimicking that and you're not in touch with what you're actually thinking and feeling and who you actually are because i love it hand on a car window it's raining outside and i'm pretending i'm duffy for some reason you're really duffy oh wow i think there was a, a moment in the warwick avenue music video that i used to love but i don't remember that music video but maybe that was a moment where she had her hand on a window when you get to warwick avenue she's kind of it's kind of head on the window for me kind of head on the window on the bus but your head's going bang and somehow that's so romantic because we're like but i do i look good right now like it's raining right if you could get a single tear to fall carefully down your cheek that would be honestly the cherry on top with the right song in your little earphones it's you're in a music video but yeah unfortunately you'll, ne you'll never be in a music video if that's what you want you'll never get there because you're, you're putting too much pressure on yourself for everything to be perfect i love this message actually that leads me on to this great old point so on the story we asked for what stops people what gets in the way of people living like i think it was who who are you performing for who or what are you performing for but this person said that they have a perfectionist sense of self because they feel like things can't happen unless they're a specific way and i know that me and sefi relate to that a lot well we just have we literally have just had to put that to the test with putting getting on video kind of well I'll, I'll be on video once i look like this sort of person or once i just have like maybe done this like then i'll be on video it's like yeah no it's facing up to who you are in in this moment right now mm. harry <laughs> i speak directly to you in this moment right now who are you and give yourself permission to have mm. everything that you want when you think oh when i'm that person it will be fine it won't be fine you're still gonna feel like shit you're never gonna be that person no and that person is still miserable well this person doesn't that person doesn't exist this is kind of what i was saying to Steffi before we started recording why can only a certain version of you 
get a nice have nice experiences yeah because you deserve a full lie because it's bollocks it's absolute yeah. bollocks it's a lie and it's the same kind of behaviors I, I mean those behaviors will be the death of you like you will get to your deathbed age 90 your deathbed i kind of hate that phrase it's like oh. deathbed yeah it's kind of is this my deathbed is this the bed that i die in it's kind yeah, of it's like looking at my bed like is it you <laughs> please don't say it's kind you in benson's beds or whatever it's called like is it one of these <laughs> it's like i'll never buy a bed again kind of in ikea like oh god i can't go my deathbed's in there <laughs> but in your deathbed that you just bought from ikea have i told you about minty beds no i love the sound though minty beds mm. it was kind of a van that was in oxford that they had beds they sold beds and it was called minty beds and me and my sister it was just like a weird van i don't really know they must have sold like mattresses or something really it sounds really dodgy and me and my sister used to go past it and we go i can stamp my feet la 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 minty beds <laughs> minty beds <laughs> all together minty now <laughs> i can wow. clap my hands that was the next verse <laughs> la, 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 why la, stamp la. my feet in my hands what's that i don't know but is that the tune to i'm I a barbie girl hair. yeah undress me everywhere everywhere yeah stunning but we used to go um minty beds and i don't know what the obsession how was. old were you i i think too old to be doing that to be honest minty beds i would say maybe it continued from me age 10 to me age maybe 14 15 i thought minty beds in itself was going to be much more exciting than it is but actually minty beds kind of has nothing to do with that story minty <laughs> beds kind of a celebration of the song <laughs> uh, minty beds was just a van in oxford just a random van well i hope they're doing well i don't think they can be <laughs> no, i don't think they are post-pandemic minty beds how are you they doing didn't make it through <laughs> i don't think the guy Min- mr minty does minty bed survive a post-covid world who knows <laughs> um but yeah on your deathbed <laughs> on your death sorry mr minty beds i have just associated your entire bread brand with deathbeds <laughs> um but on your deathbed i don't know what i was gonna say now <laughs> something about death and something about a bed i don't really know okay i wanted to ask you Mm. can you talk to us about can you share with us do us the honor of sharing with us a moment where your life felt most romantic to you Ooh, let me like really tune in yeah that's what i was gonna say you need to really think the pressure's on we want a good answer (laughs) yeah i know mine i know mine as well but you go first no you go first I asked you. Imagine I ask you a question. I go, I know mine is this. <laughs> no, but I'd love that. Um, mine is when I was in Japan. Nice. I went to Japan. I worked, worked, worked at this weird wedding magazine. You may have heard of it. <laughs> From me. You would not have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> not, you not through the wouldn't have heard of it. You've only heard of it through Sefi. Worked, 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 worked. Saved up enough money. This is before I went to uni. Wing was... Nowhere to be seen. Not, not really in my life. Not a character in my life yet. Mm-hmm. And I went to Japan um with like a group of people and it was the best it was so good i've had an obsession with japan since i was a kid kind of like watching like studio ghibli films like oh my god i have to be with kiki like kind of niche but it's kind of i need to be i don't think it's niche okay well i need to be kind of with totoro i'll go in i need to be of Gigi. i need to be of all the fucking characters and i felt like it was one of those things where i was on the plane thinking lower your expectations your expectations this will never live up to your expectations like this isn't as magical a place as you think like you've got this from kind of anime stuff like this is not real and i remember just walking around when i had landed and i'd been there for a few days thinking 
fuck it is as good as I thought like it is as magical as I thought like I'm shocked that something I've been obsessed with for years has Mm -hmm. lived up to it kind of you met your idol and they were great (laughs) Mm. my idol was Japan the nation and (laughs) it was truly um amazing I remember just walking around like just being like fuck I'm in Tokyo that was insane what do you think about it Apart from, I guess, the fact that you've been looking forward to it for so long. But what do you think specifically about it was so, like, nice for you? Like, pure? I think it gives me the romanticise your life main character feeling. Not even in the performance way, but in the way of I'm walking down a street in Tokyo on my own or with people I met kind of two days ago. I couldn't really be further from my family or anything I know in my life. I'm truly just, like, alive and alone. Yeah. And I was like, God, anything can happen. And it was so stunning. I think it was just that feeling of like everything's alive and buzzing. That's stunning. Oh God, take me back. Let me go tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, how do you bring that feeling to your life every day? I literally don't (laughs) in any way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of, I haven't felt happiness since 2015. (laughs) I eat the Itsu Gyozas. They're in my freezer. (laughs) I literally don't. And I wish I could, but I don't know how to like cultivate that sense of kind of electric electricity maybe i don't know how to cultivate that in my daily like scrappy life and i wish i fucking could hmm you were, i mean you you were only like 19 right yeah i was young yeah i think when you are like 18 19 even if you're fucking going through it there is something about the narrative in the world that is like even just being alive and being have being here for like 18 19 years or whatever there is something in that that is electric because because you're kind of being sold the potential of your life you've got youth to work with yeah you because you're you still fit into that youthful bubble that society praises us all for yeah you've got everything everything's up for grabs and also it was in my quote-unquote gap year and I had just been kind of shattered by the uni that I wanted to go to and didn't get to go to and I'd been working in this like quite weird place really hard actually like I'd been there like nine till five every day which is normal but also like from going from school you're like jesus it's enough for us to want to kill ourselves we say it all the time like i don't know if we just missed the fucking memo there's some sort of there's something that like people seem to have it's happy and i just don't have it like some sort of i don't know if it's a trait or like a something some sort of strain in our dna it literally makes us want to kill ourselves and I'm not trivialising it. I'm being dead fucking serious. I would drive in and think I could quickly swerve this car over because I would rather die than and do this all day like there were many 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 times when i would just be there and just think i fucking could die like i literally could die yeah and i probably wouldn't care like you're just sitting there it almost feels like you're you're selling your hours because you literally are are selling your hours but it's like i've i've accomplished nothing but i'm getting paid because it's nothing to do with skill it's if my bum is in this seat I'm paid. So lucky. If I if my feet are on this floor and I have to stand up and walk around all day. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Same people every day. But that's what I think my problem is with the romanticise your life main character stuff. How are you supposed to feel like the main character when the reality is for the majority of people, you're hating a large... If, if you're spending over 40 hours of your week 
in in a building that you fucking hate and you're being forced to say things you don't believe in and you're being forced to be around people that you don't fucking like with a boss that talks to you about how brexit's amazing and how fox hunting is like the best sport on earth for example <laughs> exactly and then you and then you get home and you're fucking knackered and you sit and you scroll for a bit and everyone's talking about romanticizing their life while they look out the window and it's beautiful sunset and they're kind of twirling their iced coffee yeah. in their hands and they're going on a walk with all of these amazing people it's like but my life's shit hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This doesn't make me feel better. How am I supposed to romanticize this thing that I hate? That is my life. (laughs) And even when it does seem amazing, like I remember when I was in Portugal visiting my family, I remember I was on a hammock and you were saying to me, just romanticize it. Like you're on a hammock in the hot, hot sun. Yeah. There's a dog next to you. You've got like probably some kind of like ice fucking coffee with you. Oh yeah. And it's like, just you were like just rom- why don't you just romanticize it and it's like yeah even when you look around and it looks pretty romantic i'm on a hammock i don't know where you buy a hammock yeah and q i don't fucking know i was on yeah. a hammock because i would look out the window and it would be so gray it was honestly 50 shades of gray <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's even it's hard to romanticize it even when the visuals are romantic that the visuals can look like Instagram at the best of times and you're still like, well, I feel like absolute fucking dog shit. That's the thing. That's the thing I don't like about this narrative is it's completely... It's so reductive that it takes no mental health issue into account. Yeah. It's so classist. It takes no like reality of what it is to be working class into account. Most people's lives do not fit into what movies tell us a main character life looks Literally, like. Literally, yeah. But yet the kids on TikTok, 16 year olds are saying romanticise your life and, and it looks great for a one minute, 30 second reel. Yeah, it looks stunning. But it's not reality. No. For the majority of people. And I think that's also the problem with social media is you forget because all you see is people from the minority is essentially you're seeing a lot of the one percent you're seeing a lot of people who live a very similar beautiful aesthetic life you forget that actually the majority of people don't have access to any of that and you kind of convince yourself that you're the only one who doesn't get to experience all of these great things like no everyone else is fucking living in dog shit too (laughs) 
<laughs> what was your um i was gonna say brighton oh well same that summer when that was very like pure that was a that, that's like a recent time because i feel like after that it was then it was just kind of um back to dog shit well it was kind of had a few months of like freedom and exploring and then it was covid times yeah and i feel like that brighton summer that was that also had that certain like electricity to it yeah it's like everything's happening like weird shit is happening like synchronicities are happening and mm. i kind of feel like i had it at the at, i kind of feel like i've had it a bit this year which is funny because I literally haven't left my house this year but I had a moment at the end of 2020 and like the beginning of 2021 where I just kind of it was like my 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 pokey self evolved (laughs) yeah you leveled up I went through a phase of playing pokemon but I really evolved like I just turned into a new person and I just decided to like do what I can I'm kind of done with like not putting in all of my effort to make this as enjoyable as possible because I'm seeing the years fly by I'm still so young but I'm not getting any younger Mm. and like I'm just seeing I'm I just very I think I'm innately or just inherently one of those people that I just allow life to wash over me and I think I'm kind of done with that oh god I love it so I feel like at the end of last year in the beginning of this year I just was like I'm I'm it it felt electric and everything kind of fell into place like January and it was so it kind of yeah it's electric it's alive the momentum is building and you're you're kind of in that state where it's like I have energy Mm. when it's not like that and when you're living in a very passive way you're very like I've got no energy in me like I I need to lie down all of this stuff I've got no will to live I've literally lost the will will to live yeah but it's in those moments where you're like fuck I have energy like I'm exhausted because I'm so I'm doing so much I'm like so present in each moment but it's like I actually um I I have energy for this like I can see the worth in this yeah 100% I think it's a really interesting split between living intentionally and trying to live really authentically and then the main character thing fits into that perfectly and I love it but a part of it I was gonna say I feel like a part of it leans into this kind of like the kind of Twitter rhetoric of like set boundaries and like be horrible to people basically. And normalize. You are always right. Yeah, normalize um kind of being a cunt and like you're yeah. you're never the toxic one. Everyone is toxic, toxic though. Is that even what even is that? Um and I kind of feel like the main character thing is kind of bad for I would say a lot of people's egos because it gives you this bizarre or it kind of emphasizes your god complex and i think there's an arrogance to it that isn't pure it's it's kind of you're living in bad faith it's kind of this isn't a good way to live with this you're living like actually coming from a place of like hate and anger and jealousy but it's being masked as like oh i'm living in a beautiful no 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 not at all you're living like with desperation it's like an obsession with being an individual Mm. which is such a capitalist thing and yeah we are we're all individuals in so many ways but it's this idea that you must brand your individuality and make it oh my god it's a performance it's got to make sense like oh well if I'm an ice skater then I can't also be a boxer because it doesn't make sense as a brand and it's like no you're obsessed with the idea of how you appear how you look yeah how you look to the quote-unquote imagined audience and it's like you're fucking this up like you're actually gonna fuck this up sure you'll get your deathbed and kind of thing you know um there's no big score but it's also like yeah you will also get your deathbed and think oh I did kind of fuck that up slightly like I did was obsessed with I didn't do anything that I wanted to do I was obsessed with how I how it looked to be living rather than actually living 
how it felt to live. Yeah. Which is a sad place to be. And I kind of think the problem is we're raised with no, there's no real emphasis, at least for, I would say, like our generation and people, like roughly our age. I mean, maybe I can only speak from my own experience. I feel like there really isn't that much societal direction or emphasis on emotional intelligence or developing good self awareness or um, critical thinking or being analytical or I feel like the emphasis growing up is to just mold you into what is going to work so that you fit in quite nicely Mm. rather than actually having any ability to examine yourself and really reflect on what you actually might want from life because it might not reflect what society wants for you at all and if it does what why the fuck are you so compatible with something that is absolutely out to get you yeah you don't want to be compatible with this but i think that's why people then here romanticize your life we take a lot at face value because we haven't been raised with like the skills to unpack Mm. what that might mean so we just kind of take on um i'm the main character and and then it's kind of like yeah well fuck you guys like (laughs) i knew i was the best blah 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 it's like but you're you're not living you're not happy Mm. i just think the whole thing is fucked when you start using film analogies to reflect on your own life i don't see how that can ever work because it takes away all fluidity and um presence completely well you're curating something that is real and sort of putting it into the formula of something that you've seen and yeah. it's, it, it's the same thing i say it all the time or i think it all the time anyway of like you're looking for your identity in external things which is like you're never gonna fucking find it literally that you're never gonna find your true self your true essence of who you are and what you want to do and makes you happy in something that's external you're put you're looking at um the montage of yeah. bridget jones getting fish throwing her cigarettes in the bin <laughs> people really the smoking thing is <laughs> um she's <laughs> she's getting texts from fucking uh, what's his name fucking hugh not jackman hugh grant i was gonna say hugh jackman too wolverine is texting bridget jones for some reason bridget jones it's a crossover you're performing the montage of what it is like to get your life together when actually what does it look like to get your life together does it mean stopping drinking or does it mean actually you need to get out of your bed and go to a party and maybe drink something? Yeah. You don't actually know what sorting your life out or getting your best life, quote unquote, living your best life. Yeah. You don't know what that's going to look like, but the TV, the film, the stuff that you want, that tells you what it should look like, they're telling you it should be, you should probably just like slim down, stop drinking, be a bore <laughs> and maybe just get like a nice little job and maybe just get one singular boyfriend. It's like, well, maybe I don't want that maybe i want to go to mcdonald's yeah. and have a drink and kind of sleep with a few people or sleep with no one like it doesn't it, it looks so different for everyone which should go without saying but it really doesn't yeah completely it's just too prescriptive and it's bleak the whole time to be screaming i'm living like i'm the main character i'm romanticizing my life i'm living like the main character but actually you're not the main character at all it's kind of you just turned up to the cinema to press play and watch your own life you're not the you're not even a character you're the observer you're the critic you're running kind of rotten tomatoes yeah yeah kind of going Hmm. 75% bit rotten to me 20% yeah yeah Yeah, literally it's awful something I wanted to I kind of feel like this pulls us back maybe to your point at the beginning but can you how do we romanticize our lives if our whole idea of romance 
is wrong. It's <laughs> fucked, to be honest. And rooted in, in violence. Yeah, all this fucked up shit. Can you talk to us about that? In misogyny, in white supremacy, yeah. In, to be honest, everything, fat phobia, it's rooted in, take all of the grim shit in life, then tell us that that's romantic and there we go, we're fucking idiots. Yeah. Because that's the thing, if you strip things back to kind of twilight, which we love to strip things back to twilight as if that's like the epitome of film. <laughs> which we love to do. But it kind of is the epitome of what we were taught that romance was. Mm -hmm. And it's literally a jealous, violent killer that's a paedophile. Let's add that in there. He's also (laughs) a paedophile, he's 108 or something, I believe. He's graduated 12 times or something. How long have you been 17? Yeah, how long has that fucker been 17? (laughs) I will love you for a thousand years or whatever it is. A thousand years. He's a paedophile. Yeah. And then also put into that a woman with no personality. Her her only personality is that she's not like the other girls. (laughs) And the other girls are so cool. Yeah. The other girls. So fun. Take me to that dress shop. Yeah. She's like, my tits look great in this. Like, honestly, Anna Kendrick, they do. They do. (laughs) They do, Anna Kendrick. Sing me that cup song, babe. Bring it around. Whilst Bella's there, boring, eating her grey little mushroom ravioli, Anna Kendrick is there. Yeah, and Anna Kendrick is there with amazing boobs. Who would you rather be? (laughs) Kind of. Are we putting the patriarchy back on it by saying, who would you rather be? One's got amazing boobs and one is just kind of quiet and intellectual. (laughs) Would you rather be boring or have good boobs? Which one? (laughs) But which one though? It's like, um, I would rather be at dinner with Edward than with that girl with the glasses that Anna Kendrick hangs out with. Well, I'd rather be at dinner with Edward just because she was about to get kind of gang raped and he thankfully turns up in the nick of time. So if, if the alternative is he doesn't turn up and you're in kind of grave danger, then yeah, I'd rather be at dinner too than on my deathbed. (laughs) In minty bed, singing (laughs) that you can clap your hands. (laughs) Literally in the back of a van. (laughs) Literally. If you strip it back to Twilight or Disney or any of the ways that we learn what was romantic, it is that you are not good enough on your own. You have to basically be the most boring kind of little lovely singing voice girl who then gets saved gets married and that's the end of her story. She goes from kind of miss to Mrs, takes on his name Mm. and her life is happily ever after. It's done. Her her life is over. She's had her chance to explore and now it's done. Hopefully not too much exploring. Because you do not want a loose wife. (laughs) Otherwise you will not be chosen. Do not fuck anyone in that time. You may explore by singing to some birds, but you may never, ever, ever fuck a man. That is the truth. To be honest, who would want to? Honestly, what did the girl say at the beginning? Sex is a tragedy or something. She said the act of sex itself is always tragic. Yeah, so true. (laughs) So fucking true. But yeah, so it's no wonder that our idea of, of what is romantic is fucked yeah and and what is successful is wrapped up in that too literally because success is losing your identity to a man yeah and becoming his wife his little accessory yeah six yeah yeah completely success under the patriarch is you giving up your identity and don't you dare get a wrinkle yeah and success under kind of white supremacy and capitalism is you have nothing yeah <laughs> and you just be- you're just another number first of all i'm not a number i'm a human being <laughs> keep the simon cow stuff coming iconic god a lot of x-factor references in here yeah who knew Ariel rip she dead yeah god she died she died loads of them died because it's just like you would killed by Simon Cow on their death honestly you're genuinely murdered by Simon mm, it's a no from me that's for sure it's so cruel do you remember that thing that Zoe Alexander thing that I got obsessed with you were obsessed with obsessed. that for about kind of 24 hours <laughs> yeah two days <laughs> it was my mission to save Zoe Alexander you and Demo O'Leary have that in common <laughs> 
<laughs> no one gave a shit about her for more than kind of the first 10 minutes of reading her email. So awful. So awful. Just the X factor. It's like you you have all these promises of you will be on TV. Your friends and family will see you. Well, the fact that if you're over the age of 25, oh, you're suddenly an old person by the standards of the X factors. You're joking. That is absolutely absolutely insane like thinking about that now should we next year when we're 25 should we go on and we'll go on and be and we'll do the whole performance get to the semi-final should we go on the x factor oh no we'd be in band we'd be in a group we wouldn't we'd be in groups we'll go on separately i don't want to go on separately <laughs> it's embarrassing and announce at the very end we actually know each other whilst it's just us we're both of us in the finals cheryl's got us arm in arm <gasps> oh my god and we do a hunger games oh god <laughs> that took a dark turn <laughs> no but we say like we can't not one of us is gonna win we're both gonna do it like we both eat the berries is that what they do at hunger games yeah we threaten to kill ourselves on on national tv itv <laughs> god this took a turn <laughs> simon is like oh god what have i done <laughs> We kill ourselves live on TV. Anton Decker, like, stop, Stephen Mulhern is running through. <laughs> on the X Factor. <laughs> on the X Factor final. <laughs> There's a big Christmas tree in the back. <laughs> We're going to get Christmas number one. Leona Lewis has just sung a little guest song. Honestly, Anton Decker crying. Talisa's there, like, female boss. With her arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, my God. So one of the questions we asked on the story was, do you think you perform and like conform more for society and like culture and people, like strangers essentially, um, or people you know in your real life, like friends and family? So what do you think? I wanted to ask you what you thought. Well, I kind of think the majority of people said strangers, right? I think it was quite split. It was like the majority bit was like 53%. Oh, I think it was a bit more than that. Really? I thought it was quite a Brexit situation. I thought it was about like 60 70 even well we should just check but <laughs> anyway, we can't be asked <laughs> we could just check but... but our phones are in ring lights right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and the other one's my microphone let's not get into that <laughs> <laughs> you'll see on the video that the best microphone we found is an iphone 6 it's my <laughs> old iphone <laughs> anyway if you want to start a podcast just do it this is a shambles and it's great yeah i think a lot of people said that they perform and conform more for society because it's what we were saying at the beginning of you convince yourself that it's society's voice telling you one thing and telling you another, but it's actually just your inner kind of asshole. It's literally just you. It's you, yeah. And I think, is it about society or other people, friends, family, or is it your own fear? It comes from your own fear and kind of what I was saying in the other episode about you turn up to life already feeling undeserving yeah you get here and you immediately feel like you shouldn't be here you need to apologize for your existence don't make a you know be quiet be small don't make a scene don't do anything with your life and just try and disappear because you haven't really given yourself the right to be here you need to give yourself permission to exist in this life because spoiler you already are existing you're just gonna have a sad existence because you're not living fully it's kind of you need to learn i guess slowly and surely that you're the authority in your own life which is the whole mantra of the second wing moment mm -hmm. 
she is the mood and she is the moment you are the authority no one's coming harry yeah it really is you are the authority but why is that so hard to grasp i guess it's because everyone all the signals in life are, are that you are not the authority yeah. and that you don't have a say and there are certain things you just have to do that in the real world like you just have to do that yeah and i kind of feel it in a sense of i because i think that's where the imposter syndrome kicks in too when you have done these things you have kind of given yourself enough permission to get to maybe where you wanted to go like I still could be do like I often like especially in like a career situation or in just like I have to give myself permission to be that person because it's almost like you convince yourself that anything good and exciting or fulfilling can't be yours that can't be right this can't it's going to be ripped from Mm. under me or everyone's going to find out that I don't deserve it because you're meeting life with the sense of being undeserving but the sooner you can kind of get over that and kind of catch the negative self-talk but then also it's one thing to hear your inner voice and be like okay I'm being a bitch to myself but then don't be a bitch to yourself by being like look you're just being a bitch to yourself blah 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 then you're going to continue it it's like you've got this inner workings going on you've got an inner monologue that's going a bit kind of um a well it's going off at you right now it's running riot and and to be honest and that's okay it's just accepting it's like allowing yourself i saw someone put in a really good message about their life feels romantic when they're treating themselves as if they are their best friend and that is another she is the mood she is the moment the sephian wing moment you need to treat yourself as if you are your own best friend and try and talk to yourself as if you are your own best friend because really that's kind of all you have it really is all you have Mm. is the only thing you have any control over yeah is how you act and how you think it's the only thing you don't have control over shit in this life other than what you are gonna say to yourself yeah not everything will be positive not every feeling will be positive sometimes like no matter how kind of on it you're being with like watching if you're being like nice to yourself being decent to yourself you're still gonna have bad moments because that's a part of life and I think living with this sense of I have to romanticize every moment and everything you know like positive vibes only it's like no real vibes only like honest vibes only just take the vibes as they come yeah you're setting yourself up for failure and not every vibe is going to be um immaculate and not every vibe is gonna be acceptable for the internet or tiktok or whatever you're wanting to post your Mm -hmm. amazing clip on an instagram reel perhaps not everything is gonna be um visually good like it's gonna be visually quite shit the vast 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 majority yeah do you know how long it takes the main character in a film to get ready she's in hair and makeup for fucking hours. No wonder you and your scrappy life. She's had every word scripted by a professional writer. She's doing lots of things off camera. You never see the main character kind of going for a shit, do you? No. But she's doing it. If she's hum- if we're talking about humans. She's shitting. You- but she we- is shitting. Bridget Jones is shitting. <laughs> yeah, she is. But but the image of the image of what's undesirable in Bridget Jones is kind of this gorgeous woman sat on her sofa looking beautiful with some ice cream. But actually what's undesirable is she's kind of got diarrhea. <laughs> but you don't see that. So your whole perception of what is undesirable or like what is real or what is a bit gross is completely warped. Because even the 
the authenticity is performed. It's a famous actress, Renée Zellweger, who has been told, put on four pounds, no more, not five, not six, four pounds, please. Put those on so that we can call you overweight. She's stunning. And then we would like you to wrap yourself in a duvet. Hair and makeup must be immaculate though. Maybe we'll pull one hair astray and we'll give you an ice cream with a spoon in, but please don't need to bite. Mm -hmm. That is what's going on. And it's like, no wonder you think that your low moments are fucking low because her low moments look pretty high. Yeah. And even even on Instagram, it's kind of a skinny white girl is contorting her body in half. So she's showing one role and that's being shown as, look, I'm being so brave and undesirable, but it's, and so authentic. No, 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 no. no, no. That was a performance. It's like, I would rather, I'd rather you project that you look good and kind, do you know what I mean? Like don't fake looking bad that's worse than just going on looking good yeah performer performance do not perform authenticity to me or no wonder we're confused no wonder we're thinking wait but when they're being really authentic and they're when they're posting themselves looking shit it really looks a lot better than my best moments so much more sinister because it becomes oh their stretch marks are better than mine (laughs) yeah it's like jesus this is dangerous kind of they've got their natural leg hair out but it's like but their natural leg hair is um lighter than mine they're not like I don't look like that when I don't shave it's like yeah yeah because they just shaved kind of her toe hair is worse than yours if we're gonna do that like we we can pick and choose the quote-unquote bad parts of ourselves to share all we want it's like if I had done 10 essays and nine of them were a stars and one of them was just an a and I showed you my a and said look I'm not perfect it's like that's still an immaculate piece of work that you worked hours and hours on literally that's why Instagram is a the fucking devil but it also is our god that we worship all day every day but it is the place to be it is the place to be and you will be seeing this on instagram real but it, <laughs> it can't be healthy like it i know it's such a basic point but like this literally this place literally cannot be healthy as much as it's like yeah. but i get to connect with like lizzo i get to see lizzo's life like that can't be unhealthy i get to see amazing comedians like whoever that um fucking justin firstman whatever that you love <laughs> that you mentioned like once you get to see people oh yeah jordan love that him. you like and that are funny you connect with on the internet but it cannot outweigh like you get to listen to Stephanie and wing blah blah but it, does that outweigh seeing the um performed authenticity the performed scrappy lives when actually their lives are perfect well it's kind of I I love Jordan Firstman but now he's in my bed with me now he's literally on my device in my hand and never leaves whilst you're shitting you're watching Justin Justin Firstman his name's literally not Justin (laughs) Jordan (laughs) so sorry George but it's like whilst you are literally living your scraps or kind of you've um you and your friend have not seen each other in six months you go and you meet up and you have an amazing dinner but in the moments between the laughter and the re- the realness you're staring down at your phone just because it's something to mm. do it's like no why don't you just sit in that moment be present be a bit bored because i'm i'm pretty sure you're not going to be bored you're actually going to be feeling alive you're going to notice the little things in life yeah but instead we feel all our like little moments the, the transition moments between oh my friend's picking me up in a minute it's hard to be present yeah you just fill it with bullshit that makes you end up feeling worse a lot worse you saying that just reminded me of something the other day on the phone do you remember you were like oh, i'm just watching too much tv at the moment <laughs> outed i <laughs> I cannot stop watching TV. The other day you were on the phone and you said, I just had crazy diarrhea. (laughs) You said that you you cannot stop watching. Remember we were on the phone, you said you killed someone. Do you remember Yeah, I was going to say when you murdered that man. (laughs) Um... (laughs) 
But the other day you were talking about, well, you, it was just a p- passing comment, but it just reminded me because <laughs> I'm watching so much TV. So <laughs> embarrassing. Well, then I said, what What even is that as a concept? Because mm. when I, in phases where I'm reading a lot, it's not like, oh my God, I'm reading so many books. No one's looking at me going, she yeah. reads so many books. Because one is apparently um, like societally... So superior. It's like the premium. It's been romanticised yeah. out of classism and white supremacy. And what you know to be kind of slobby or like quote unquote unworthy. It's thick. It's like, oh, it's a bit thick to watch TV. It's like, no, but what if I do want to watch First Dates Hotel? There we go. What if I do like ITV2? It's fine. Exactly, yeah. Because I can tell you, I've put a lot of hours into books that I fucking hated. Literally, and that's the problem. And a lot of books that are shit. Just had to get to the end of didn't make me a better person well this is the thing with romanticizing your life i feel like i've just got i i don't i feel like i don't even enjoy the the vast majority of books Mm. that i read i don't enjoy them because society tells you that books are supposed to change your life and they don't they're like really like and you're reading thinking i'm reading oh i'm reading a book do i look good maybe i should get an instagram photo of this that's what i don't like is that it's like you can't, like people don't, I don't know. I think people just put too much pressure on themselves to do. It's like, if you look, if you don't want to read, you don't want to read. Like I agree completely. I also agree because I love someone telling me, honestly, just lie down. There's an amazing film you can watch. Just sit and watch that. No, but I think it's true. And I think that's my problem with books is that everyone praises and praises books. And I think mostly that's because they like to um, be seen. They like to do the performance of praising books. Yeah, you want to be seen as somebody that reads, but a show, a TV show or a film could have been much more impactful on your life, but you didn't speak a word of it. That's what pisses me off. So keep watching too much TV. Watch Woody Allen, the Woody Allen documentary. Watch the Demi Lovato documentary. I need to finish that. You still haven't finished the Demi one? No. I haven't had the waiting for the proper moment. <laughs> You've kept him alive. <laughs> I know I completely agree with that. It's like I'm not reading to, for the show of reading. I'm reading because you have to find those things that actually are making your life more enjoyable. And now I do feel like with our attention spans that have been so shriveled down mm. to now even a, t- a TikTok if it's a minute long, feels a bit long and Instagram reels where we're like, fuck, we'll make it 30 seconds because clearly people are only watching 30 seconds of t- most TikToks. It's habits, yeah. A TV show feels long and then yeah. a film on top of that feels like a commitment. It's like, wait, I'm going to be here for two hours. I don't know how you lot listen to this podcast. That's mental. Well, you must. I Well, I listen to podcasts, but I often listen to them in segments almost. Like I'll go on a walk, yeah. end my walk, turn it off. Then I'll be like cooking my dinner, listen to it then. Not ours. I can't listen to ours. Jesus. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I think that now our attention spans are so fucked and even when i watch my like younger siblings like my younger brother when i watch him when i watch him watching tiktok very weird when i look over his shoulder mm. he must be watching like honestly like three seconds of each one and it's like god the generation below their their attention span is fucked yeah like, actually fucked well, their brains aren't developed yet so this is literally how you're learning to live yeah so no wonder for us sitting down to read a book it's like oh this is a bit fucking slow one word at a time where's the music where's kind of um i saw my neck I'm standing behind it. It's why I hate editing the podcast because I can't listen to music. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. I do get that. It's like mind numbing. <laughs> I honestly get that. The worst thing about editing a podcast is that you literally can't have a podcast on. It's like, ugh, this podcast for four hours in, in slow motion. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> not this one. With all the ums and all the bad yeah, things we yeah. say. Just like, oh, fucking hell, not again, these idiots. <laughs> Kind of, and the worst people on the planet, the plastics, the Cephian wing. 
okay, shall we find a way to be doing the work this week? Kind of just take the pressure off and not be the observer in your yeah. own life might be a good place to start. We were just discussing it and I was like, like, do a shitty thing and then feel good doing it. Like do a gross thing and feel really like good about yourself. And Wing just raised a really good point of like, yeah, but don't perform doing a shitty thing. Like don't perform. Like, and now I make my super noodles because I'm just doing a shitty thing and I'm enjoying it. Like, yeah. Can no. you just stop? No. How about just don't do anything? Literally cut the crap stop the act that's the new motto Whoa. don't do that that's our merch and don't do a thing for the sake of doing a thing i'm gonna watch um fucking first dates hotel or whatever <laughs> and i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna you're kind of doing it ironically you're stirring your instant noodles thinking how hot do i look in my in my sweatshirt right now can i accept myself in this moment it's like yeah but no not can you accept yourself from a the observer's point of view can you accept yourself within yourself when you do nothing it's not Bridget Jones eating the ice cream. Can I look good whilst I have a duvet wrapped around me? No, because you've still got Hugh Jackman yeah. texting you. <laughs> you've still got Wolverine blowing up your phone. So you can you feel good doing fuck all? Or do just do whatever comes naturally to you and take the pressure off. Oh, love it. There's no pressure. No pressure from us. Never. Never any pressure from us. There's pressure on on us from us there's no, no pressure on you don't get me started us. on the pressure on us from us <laughs> that's an, that's another question entirely um okay well i think that leaves us just about all is said and done i think yeah that's fun okay well i hope you've enjoyed this episode they're like i haven't listened to a word of that i'm doing everything through the lens of the observer this week i am romanticizing the fuck out of my life and rightly so you should romanticize it but just who are you living for it's kind of um you're trying to be you're viewing your life through the lens of kind of a polaroid camera you're kind of James Franco. You've got a disposable camera. You're at the festival. You're not actually experiencing the festival, but you're experiencing it through the lens of your shitty disposable camera that you got from Boots earlier that day. I watched the Jonas Brothers concert movie. Stunning. On Disney+. Plus. I did, obviously saw it the first time around multiple times. Went to the cine. Absolutely went to the cine. Went to the premiere even. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Um, I haven't since, like, I'd never revisited it in my adult life. Fucking cried seeing beautiful Demi Lovato and cried harder seeing beautiful Taylor Swift. You know how I feel. Jesus. This goes out saying Taylor's version. You've got me at Demi, honestly. So stunning. You've got me at Kevin, then you've really got me at Demi. (laughs) (laughs) I was really kind of taken aback to see there was no phones in the crowd at all it was literally a few people had their digital cameras oh my god there was no filming on iphones and it really was kind of honestly bringing a tear to my eye what doesn't i'm constantly crying but just fascinating isn't it yeah i mean i can't part with this bad boy (laughs) my whole life is on this phone but it's something to think about anyway see you next week see you next week guys put down your phone maybe but don't romanticize that and don't stop this podcast make sure you have your phone on you at all times to leave us a review (laughs) leave us nice messages on Instagram and come to the Discord and chat. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.